you better move over, you better watch out. A new name is coming to holler about. We're telling you, we're coming through. The name to remember is Scooby-Doo. Hey there, cool cats, and welcome to Kids and Their Dog, a Scooby-Doo movie review and recap podcast. I'm your Hanna-Barbera talking animal, Cassidy. And I'm Lava. Today we'll be... We will have watched Scooby Goes Hollywood, and we'll be going over that. But first, some housekeeping. As you all know, Daphne and Velma came out between episodes. And I have watched it, and but at the time of recording, Lava has not. So I'm not going to talk about it a whole lot. Because it's actually pretty good. I'm excited. It's not like award-winning or anything. It's not going to be at the top of our lists. But there's a lot of really good dialogue and interactions that I think are just they're very good. It's a fun thing to watch, and it's very enjoyable. Sweet. Um, another important information is that we had y'all vote to help us decide which movie was better. And drum roll, please. Cyber Chase won. Nice. It was three votes to two. Ah. But yeah, so as of right now, our list goes Cyber Chase, then Mask of the Blue Falcon. And that will start having any importance once we get to some movies that are harder to rate than this one. Mm-hmm. This one was very easy to rate, but we'll get to that. I did a lot of belly in last episode about it, and it's... To be fair, it wasn't as bad as I remembered, mm. but it's hmm. it's not it's not above the other two. Definitely not. Yeah, it might depend. It depends on how bad any of the others are. Uh, for me personally, I would probably pro- maybe you know maybe something will be worse than this, but I guess it just depends. Frank and creepy might be worse than this. <laughs> Anyways, um, and then one last thing before we jump into it, we have a question. If you have questions, you can send them in to us at kids and their dog on Twitter or and their dumb dog at gmail.com via email. This week, this month's question comes in from Charlie. That's at magical underscore pride on Twitter. And they ask. Oh no, I don't have it pulled up this time. Okay. If you had a chance to try a Scooby snack, would you? Absolutely. Yeah, of course, no question. Absolutely. Uh, One, because we know for a fact they're safe for human consumption. Right. Unlike a pig ear or other similar style dog treat. Mm -hmm. And two, I imagine they actually just taste like those graham crackers that are shaped like dog bones that were called Scooby snacks. (laughs) Man, I forgot about this. Uh, my instinct, my instantaneous answer is due to the fact that as a small child, I would eat the fish food that we had. Uh, yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I would absolutely eat a dog treat. Yeah. Even now. <laughs> I see no reason not to eat it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's that. Let's talk about what we're here to talk about. Which is Scooby Goes Hollywood, which was released December 13th, 1979. 
hey, we'll be doing an episode then, just not in 1979. <laughs> or is it in 1979? <laughs> mm. Mm. Don't talk to me about time travel yet. <laughs> Featuring the voice talent of Don Messick as Scooby, Casey Kasem as Shaggy, Frank Welker as Fred, Heather North Kenny as Daphne, and Pat Stevens as Velma. Oh, and special guest Rip Taylor as CJ. The story was written by Dick Robinson Duanepool. It's spelled D-U-A-N-E. So it's not Duane. It's like hmm. Duane. And directed by Ray Patterson. Who is also an animator and worked on Dumbo. Mm. Uh, we cold open on a spooky-eyed crow in a graveyard. Oh, I love this crow. It's more like a raven, honestly. I looked. I, I was. I. I needed to compare. It's more like a the raven. The reason I went with crow over raven is because in cartoons, crows are always given the yellow beak. Oh. Hmm. I went by like the size of it, like the the shape of the head and the rest of the size. So, oh, who knows? It probably makes more sense as a raven. I just, you right. know, it's a corvid. We can just say it's a corvid. That's accurate. It's a blackbird, but not like that kind of blackbird. <laughs> right. Anyway, sorry. Uh, yeah, the spooky-eyed crow is like its eyes are all red, mm-hmm. and it's in a graveyard. And then from off screen, you hear Shaggy telling Scooby to run faster. And we start panning to see a very precarious clifftop mansion. It's at like a 45 degree angle. Yeah, it's a, it's it's that spooky house that you see all the time when it's like, oh, here's a haunted house. Uh, I feel like my parents had uh, a spooky house for Halloween. Like that, that kind of, not a dollhouse, but like ceramic house. That it was exactly this mansion. I thought you were going to say your parents lived in a spooky house. (laughs) I mean, it's not wrong. Considering how my dreams are still set in that spooky house, given I haven't lived there for like seven years. Eh, Pretty close. Yeah, this thing is just like tilted over like a very unstable stack of pancakes. (laughs) Uh, there's a lot of dramatic horror music, I noticed. Like, some that seemed familiar, but I couldn't really pinpoint what it was. But it's it's a very classic sound going into this. Yeah, lots of classic noises from the Hanna-Barbera Noise Vault. Mm-hmm. Which you can buy. And it's like 17 discs, and it costs $400. Oh my gosh. Uh, the um, raven uh, flies over to chill out on a windowsill, and it watches as Shuggy and, uh, Shaggy and Scooby. <laughs> no, no, it was Shiggy. Shigeru Miyamoto <laughs> came running in. He's holding the Master Sword, and he's already to tell you all about Mario's newest adventure. <laughs> uh, the two, uh, they run into... I can't get over this. Do you want to do the honors? Yeah, they run on screen, and the wall behind them is torn down by this crab-mantis-ape hybrid. And they shout, Oh no, it's the crabby creature of Creepy Crag. <laughs> it's huge, for one thing. Yes, it is. 
The reason I say it is part ape is because it is like two gorillas stacked on top of each other. Yeah. Um, Scooby Scooby jumps into Shaggy's arms and urges him to run, but Shaggy does that running in place animation that you see all the time in Scooby-Doo. Complete with the uh, that noise. Uh, yes, yes. He gets snagged by a claw by the back from with the back of his shirt, and I need it pointed out that the claw is larger than Scooby is. Like Scooby's all curled up, and it's huge. Yeah, this thing is massive, and I do want to point out that they are consistent with always calling this thing the crabby creature of creepy crag throughout the film. Whenever it does come up. Yes, because they need to specify. Yeah, so the crab picks up Shaggy and Scooby from the back of Shaggy's shirt and puts them in a barrel that kind of changes size in between shots. It starts <laughs> out like half the size of the monster and then it's the size of a regular barrel. Mm-hmm. And the monster pulls a string and it, in that moment we see there's that classic... Um, different colored square underneath the barrel so we know something's gonna happen and it's like is it is it really the creature pulls a string and a trap door opens and the barrel falls through and i'm like why why oh it's not over yet the barrel falls down a chute and then lands on a catapult which causes which then launches them directly over a film crew. And I'll get back to that statement in a second. But first I want to point out that this monster had a Mystery Ink style trap for Mystery Ink. <laughs> it did. It did. Freddy would be proud of what this monster accomplished today. Yes. I was like, why? It, it, see, here's the thing about it. It wasn't necessarily a Mystery Ink style trap because it's not like... The mystery ink stumbled into it. The creature threw them into it. Tossed them into it. It's the trap that Freddy would have set if Freddy was the monster. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, I said film crew because in this movie, it we're in Hollywood. And Scooby-Doo, as we know it, is a television program being filmed by the actors Shaggy, Scooby, Thelma, Freddy, and Daphne. I have to say that when I saw the TV crew, I was like, no, because I realized in that moment that we would not get to see this uh, crabby creature of Creepy Crag anymore. And I was like, no, please give us more of this absolutely ridiculous monster. I need to see more of this. But no. And guess what? We don't get in unmasking this movie either. Yeah. Which I'm going to talk about in the end when I complain about this movie a whole bunch. <laughs> um, the director calls uh, calls the take, and we cut to Velma, Daphne, and Fred. They're they're heading for the set, and Daphne and Velma are discussing the script. and And Daphne's like, "I'm not sure about my motivation in this next scene," and I'm like, "Huh." And Velma says, what does Velma say? She says, how much motiv- motivation do you need to run from the crap, uh, the <laughs> crabby creature of Creepy Crag? Yep. <laughs> uh, and at that moment, we see the barrel that has Shaggy and Scooby in it flying out the window and crashing directly onto the ground in front of them. Mm-hmm. It has a nice, it has a nice cartoony moment where, where... Things fly off and all of the boards fall around them. 
I kind of liked that moment. It was very uh, classic. Yeah, lots of classic cartoon stuff going on in this classic cartoon. Yep. Um, basically, any cartoon trope you can think of is probably in this one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Fred sees them landing and it's like, oh yeah, I guess it's time for us to film our part. <laughs> and they just walk away. This is just another day at the office. Yeah, uh, and Shaggy says this too, because he's like, how many times have we been on that catapult? The barrel and catapult thing. Specifically, a barrel and a catapult. It's like, how many takes has it taken? And he was like, I don't know, how many? <laughs> and Shaggy's like, too many. That's how many. Too many. Let's uh, quit. Yeah, he basically was like... Uh, what was it? Where somebody drives by? Uh, Natalie Splendor, yeah. just a movie star named Natalie Splendor, drives by, and Shaggy's like, "Hey, well, she's a star. She's got her own car. You're you're a star too, Scooby, but you don't have your own car, like Natalie yeah. Splendor. You don't have a big movie trailer like The Groove. Mm-hmm. You don't have a it waiter or something like flowers." I don't know. Flowers yeah, flowers delivered. like sherry. And all this. We have to make our own salami, cheese, peanut butter, marshmallow, sardine, chocolate fudge sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Scooby tries to take a bite as Shaggy has built this sandwich that Cass dis- just described. And Shaggy pulls it away and sets it down and walks away. And I'm like, what? What? Are you ready? Yes. It's time. Yes. Shaggy is convincing Scooby-Doo to quit his television show and make his own way in Hollywood via song. Yep. That's right. We're in a musical now. Mm-hmm. Um, in the very, one of the very first parts of this song is Scooby referencing Steve Martin's bit by calling himself a wild and crazy guy. <laughs> like out of nowhere there's no setup and there's no payoff it's just he says the line mm-hmm. and considering I didn't know the reference I was like very confused why he said it and I'm pretty sure most kids would have been confused maybe not when it actually I, the reason I would say they wouldn't and I'm going to give them props for this because it's not like a super outdated reference at the time that Comedy album only came out like a year before. Mm. Yeah, um, they've run through the, some movie sets while the song's going through and they're singing. Um, it's a bunch of different movie sets and they're changing costumes for each one. Mm-hmm. I go through a lot. Like at one point, Shaggy's dressed like a weird knockoff Peter Pan, but with even shorter shorts. Yeah. It's uh, wild. It was kind of wild. Uh, and then we get a title card. Mm-hmm. I did like the dancing animation in this sequence. It It's very smooth. Um, yeah, there's lots of really good animation mixed in with some very weird animation. Yeah. And some of the faces that get drawn are wild. Mm-hmm. So we cut back from the title card, and Shaggy and Scooby are heading to the network offices. And Shaggy says, I can get them everything we need if I do the talking. Mm-hmm. They drive up um, in the mystery machine uh, to the guard tower thing. Uh, And the guard is like, 
what are you do- doing driving this hunk of junk? Um, but then, but then he sees Scooby. And like, oh, oh my gosh, I want to point Scooby-Doo. out, yes, real quick, that despite Scooby Doo, the show being fake and a television show, they do drive the mystery machine everywhere. Yes, yes, they do. That part's real. Or at least Shaggy drives the mystery machine everywhere. And it kind of made me think of um, the live action movie, the first one, where Shaggy is the one to have the mystery machine after the gang splits up. I was like, maybe maybe it's just Shaggy's car. The classic Patch the Duchy sequence. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's It's basically canon at this point that the mystery machine is Shaggy's vehicle, mm. um, at least in... All of the non, like, every side piece of media establishes usually that Shaggy's the one that buys it, but he can't drive it. Fred drives it. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I found it really, really weird is that the guard recognizes Scooby, but A, didn't recognize Shaggy, and B, didn't recognize the mystery machine. Yeah, that's that's the wild part. I can understand maybe not recognizing Shaggy. Yeah, Shaggy's just a guy. He's just a guy. He wears a t-shirt and pants everywhere. He's yeah. just a dude. It's like, recognizing the dog, okay, that's fine. But the car is decked out. Yeah, so yeah, he's about to turn them away and he's like, oh, wait a minute. You're Scooby-Doo. Go right on in. I'll, pi- mm-hmm. I'll park the car for you. Yeah, just go ahead. Mm-hmm. And as they head further inside, Shaggy's like, all right, we're in now, but just let me do the talking from here on out. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that happens is they walk up to a secretary that's like, who are you? Oh, Scooby! <laughs> uh, there's a real, okay, there's a line that I found actually kind of funny, is that, uh... She says to Shaggy, is like, and who are, after waving Scooby in, is like, and who are you? And Shaggy says, well, I'm Shaggy. And she says, yeah, I can see that. But go ahead on anyways. Yeah. (laughs) And as they're walking down the hallway, everybody's like, yo, Scooby, how's it going? Hollywood star Scooby. What's up, you big star? And Shaggy is like, I didn't realize you were this popular. And they proceed to forget about this moment for the rest of the film. Yep. Um, we get to Shaggy, and he's listing off his demands. He's like, all right, we want a nighttime se- series for my client, five big network specials, and a major movie deal. <laughs> and all of those are reasonable things considering it is Scooby-Doo. And none of them are specifically listed as anything. And honestly, the only one that would be iffy is the nighttime series – but Alf had a nighttime series, so anyone can have a nighttime series. <laughs> well, it's just so funny about all these demands is that, you know what? All of these ended up happening. Well, not, maybe not all of them, but all of these, this kind of, like, uh, movie deal, everything, is, is, is it's an actual thing that exists now. And it's so funny to me. Everything that it goes, everything that they go through throughout the rest of the movie is, is like... No, you just gotta just gotta keep with the show. Anyway, I can't wait for Adult Swim to announce their next nighttime series of Scooby Doo. <laughs> God, that could either go very bad or very good, and I'm not sure I'd even want to risk it. 
no, I wouldn't risk it. Because of how bad it could go is so much worse than how good it could be. Mm-hmm. They don't want to risk it for the biscuit. So they head in after Shaggy lists all these things because they were just outside. They're like, hey, does that sound good? And Scooby's like, yeah, that sounds good to me. I don't really care, to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah. Scooby's pretty apathetic about all of this so far. Yeah, Shaggy's basically feeding him these ideas constantly throughout the film, mm-hmm. which leads into another thing I'll be talking about afterwards. Yes, yes. Um. So they head inside and we meet CJ, the leader of the network um the head of the network they don't we don't get a name other than cj yeah he's just the president cj or can i call you c uh but as soon as they walk in there he's like oh it's scooby i love you scooby you goofy clumsy dog i love you you're amazing he says he says scooby-doo where are you you're here in my little office of course and it's adorable it is adorable yeah he loves scooby-doo so Shaggy's like, all right, we're here to talk about because Scooby, he's a serious and individual and he's tired of being portrayed as this clumsy dog. And meanwhile, Scooby's over there trying to set up the uh, the film so they can show off some footage and launches himself across the room from the projector because he got stuck in it. Yes, he got stuck in it and he went through the reel, like in, in the circle and got shot out. Like a pitching machine. Yes, like a pitching machine. So he's like, all right, just play the play the pilot film. So Scooby has to, because he broke the projector, he has to play the pilot film by hand using a flashlight in the film. Just like flickering the light as he moves the film in front of it. And he's stepping on the film as like to, to make it roll. Yeah, he has the reel on a pencil and is pulling the reel with his foot. Yeah. And he does that throughout the entire what seven minutes of this small film yeah i think this is the longest pilot we get mm-hmm. and honestly it's all right it's decent um mm-hmm. it doesn't get off any points across that they were trying to prove but it's a decent little thing um mm-hmm. and it's called how scooby won the west directed by scooby-doo written by scooby-doo starring scooby-doo and then shaggy runs up with the sign that says and shaggy yep we open this pilot film with sheriff scooby and deputy shaggy putting up wanted posters for jesse rotten we don't know what jesse rotten's wanted for other than he is intimidating old west he's an old west style outlaw which means he's big he's bulky he's got a big mustache Mm -hmm. they get distracted because i guess a lady walks by i think she's asking about i don't remember they either way they get distracted from something and scooby ends up Gluing one of the posters over Jesse Rotten, who is standing in the doorway. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's so cartoony. I love it. Yeah, that's a regular Looney Tunes joke. Yep. Jesse threatens them, says, I'll give you to high... N- Sorry, let me try that again. <laughs> I'll give you to high noon to get out of town. High noon? But that's in two minutes. <laughs> Till high noon. <laughs> and then jesse launches scooby through the roof and he lands in a horse water trough mm-hmm. now this horse i had to look up what camels look like because there was something about this horse's muzzle that i was like is this a camel nose i it, it's not but it, there was a moment where i was like um what what is this horse look looking like this for 
It was very weird to me. Yeah, it's... And also the entire time that horse is having none of it. Yeah. It's like, get out of my water. Yeah, I'm just trying... Scooby is, like, drowning in this because Shaggy goes to pull him out and he's digging for, like, a good two minutes. Mm-hmm. To, it becomes high noon while Shaggy's <laughs> digging him up. Yep. Just about. Uh, he pulls him out and Scooby puts on his wet hat and a frog jumps out of it and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. You're like, you know what? I'm not going to leave. And then the clock strikes noon and then he runs directly to a train to leave. Yep. As the train goes by, he gets caught on one of those male hooks and then gets flung back into the center of town. Mm-hmm. He lands at the feet of Jesse. Of Jesse Rotten, Robbie Rotten's long-lost grandfather. <laughs> he then jumps on a horse and rides into the sunset as the rest of the movie set falls apart. Uh, that's skipping a few things, but it's really not skipping anything also. Mm-hmm. You can see you can see the uh, stage, uh, a stage building like stage eight, as the buildings fall apart, and, and yeah, and the, the, they're all the cardboard cutouts that are just yeah. flat, and one of them falls over on top of Shaggy and Jesse, but they're standing directly inside some open windows so they don't get hit. Mm-hmm. Classic. And Scooby rides off into the sunset on that horse from earlier. And then the movie pilot ends. Yep. And we cut to them in the office. And CJ's like, he's sitting oh, it's there for a, a second. And he's, yeah, he just starts busting up laughing. It's like, oh, oh, that's a good one. This is a joke. You're, yeah. This is a funny joke. You're doing a little joke and I love it. It's very funny. You're doing very funny things. I love all of you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So Shaggy and Scooby double down by actually leaving the show, and the gang's like, wait, hold on, you're leaving the show? Mm. He's, they're like, yeah, Scooby wants to be a star. Daphne, Velma, and Freddy are like, you are a star. Yeah. And I think this entire time, it's Shaggy saying all of this. Oh yeah, the entire time, Shaggy's like, Shaggy immediately jumps to put words in Scooby's mouth, he's like, but he wants more parts. Right. And then he starts rattling off movie genres while Scooby acts them out, and he's like, action-adventure star. Mm-hmm. Singing and dancing star, dramatic star. During the singing and dancing, uh, Scooby dances into a closet, and everything falls out of the closet. Yeah, and when they do the dramatic action, the dramatic star, Scooby does to be or not to be. That is a very good question. <laughs> yep. And then we cut to the skating rink, <laughs> uh, roller skating rink specifically. Not an ice skating one, a roller skating one. Mm-hmm. And where an actress named LaVon is helping film another pilot. But they only have one take, so we gotta make it count. And the name of the film is LaVon and Scooby. Mm-hmm. And there's just like a quick prelim before they actually start filming the full scene. They're just getting some, I guess, B-roll footage. By They have both of them put on their skates. And Scooby can't skate at all on account mm-hmm. of having four feet. Honestly, I think he just doesn't have practice. Also that. Yeah, because I I remember putting on skates, and the first ten minutes, you will fall on your ass. Oh, a sneak attack, eh? Yeah, and to be fair, he does get better later. It's just, the antics ensue for a little bit, where he's running back and forth and then crashes. Mm -hmm. And LeVon says to Shaggy, oh, you didn't tell me I'd be working with a pro. (laughs) 
And so Shaggy gives them the details. All right, so here's here's the setup. You're in the finals of the roller skating championship of the world. And Levon's like, hold on, wait a minute. We couldn't do the world. I'd be too nervous. <laughs> Can it just be Brooklyn? Can it just be Brooklyn? <laughs> I really like her. I love Levon. She's good. There's a lot of good side characters in this. One of them will see it again. We'll see another one later. The one that I like the most doesn't even have a. There's only one lawman here, and his name is Sheriff Bronson Stone. Name. <laughs> anyway, so they start with a decent routine. Um, it's duo skating, and they're doing mm-hmm. like some speed skating style stuff with a few like lifts. Uh, but then they separate, and Scooby can't turn. Mm-mm. So he crashes into a dressing room that's also labeled exit. <laughs> I didn't notice that. It is. It's definitely supposed to be like a changing room. Yeah. But the sign above it says exit. Oh, jeez. Which I guess if you need to make sure people take off their skates before they go on to the rest of the floor, maybe? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And then he comes flying back out again, crashes into Levon, and then they both crash into the camera. And everybody... All of the film crew gets thrown up in the air and they land in a weird precarious stack. And then Levon and Scooby get stuck in a revolving door. Yes. Yes. Let's get us out of here. Is what Levon yells to... Jane, stop this crazy thing. Yeah, that's what it is. No, no, that's not what they said. I was doing a, a Jetsons joke. Oh, gotcha. I f- oh, yeah. And that's to Fred, Velma, and Daphne, who have just walked in. And are watching this. And they say... Oh gosh, what does they say? They, they say something along the lines of, we need to stop this before he crashes and burns. Yeah. And Velma's like, it's a little too late for that. Yeah. Velma is like, savage in this movie a little bit. It's perfect. You know what? This Velma is just as savage as the D- Velma from Daphne and Velma. And I love that Velma. Oh man. Sarah Gilman does an amazing job as Velma. (laughs) Shaggy and Scooby return to CJ. He's like, oh no, y'all were serious. Mm -hmm. Scooby gets caught in the projector again, but this time the projector doesn't break. You can just start up the film later. Yep. Uh, We see Scooby Days. (sighs) Shaggy's like, Scooby Days, you get it, CJ? You see what we're doing? Yes. Yes, Shaggy, we do. Yeah, I get it, Shaggy. Uh, and then we see the groove. It, it's the Fonz. You see it them is. and you know... that That's the Fonz from Happy Days. He drives his motorcycle into the drive-in diner. <laughs> and the waitress... The waitress complains. It's like, you can't drive your motorcycle in here. And he says... It's a drive-in diner, ain't it? Get me a milkshake <laughs> and a cup of oil for my motorcycle. <laughs> yep. Oh, it's ridiculous. He walks up to uh, a booth, which is very clearly, like, his. It's It's got his face above it and everything. It's got, like, a framed oil painting of him. Yeah. And and Shaggy's in there. Shaggy's sitting in that booth. And, he's, he, and uh, the groove says, what are you doing in my booth? Or, or something like that. He says, he's like, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. The Groove, but uh, this this is reserved for the Scoob. <laughs> and Scooby comes driving in on the motorcycle, does a wheelie, and then crashes. 
dressed exactly like exactly like uh what's his name the groove the groove exactly like him they are Which twinsies is like a deep cut v-neck shirt with the collar and it's pink and then like a darker <laughs> pink pants with like a stripe down the side and he's wearing a wig that's a pompadour and he's got like a, a greasy pompadour it's amazing i love everything to do with this scene and then we get oh, sorry the groove is like so after shaggy sees scooby crash into the jukebox like you know what you can have your seat and the groove's like forget it and he walks up to scooby and he looks up and scooby up and down is like he's thinking this guy's dressed exactly like me what a handsome devil yep yep you seem like a pretty decent dude and then scooby goes to fix his wig with his comb and then the comb pulls the wig off his head and he fixes it <laughs> he's like a little rough around the edges but you're a and then we get the next move the next song <clears throat> which starts with a a boom ba down As we see my favorite character in the film, which is just this guy with a really like messy hairdo <laughs> covering his eyes on the phone. He's just going, a boom ba down Yep. <laughs> Anytime that happens in the song, you see him in the background just talking into the phone saying no, that. No, it's not even in the background. They cut to him so many times during oh, that yeah. moment. There are plenty of times where it's in the foreground, but uh-huh. there are also plenty of times where it's in the background, too. And I lost my... And here I thought these couple's cooking classes were going to be lame-a-rama city. <laughs> Um, it's a Ruby Doo guy. A Ruby Dooby Dooby Doo guy. A Uh, Ruby Dooby Doo means to play it cool. Oh man, this I love everything to do with this scene. It's it's beautiful. It is like the epitome of ridiculousness that is hysterical, but that is. So fun to watch. It's not that even it's a parody. Like, it is a parody, but it's not, like, focused on the parody. It is just, like, they gave it a 50s vibe and then just kind of went with it. It's nothing really specific. And then the song happens, and it's like, oh my god. There's a lot of pinball going on with this song. It is. And then afterwards, there's a bunch of girls crowding around Scooby. And he's like, oh, sing us another song, Scoob. <laughs> and he's like, oh, no, no, I can't. I can't. And he looks over to the groove. And Groove's like, yeah, 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 do it. And he's like, oh, okay. One more. And he walks over to the jukebox and goes to elbow it like the Fonz does. Only he karate chops it and it explodes. Yep. The key thing, though, is that the groove had actually elbowed it earlier. Like the Fonz. And he was just, you know, going by example. It's just that Scooby is very strong, apparently. Yes. So we cut back. That's the end of the pilot. And they're like, hey, CJ, what'd you think? And CJ just basically dead silent, dead faced, stands up from his desk, walks over to a closet, (laughs) walks inside this closet, closes the door, and begins screaming. (laughs) And we get another title card. I loved it so much. It's so dumb. I love it. And CJ comes back out and 
after the title card. He's like, all right, just why don't you go back to your show? And Shaggy's like, hold on, I got this contract here. And he pulls out the big old long, comically long piece of paper that, you know, starts rolling down until it hits the floor. Like you do. Yeah, he's like, I'll just leave this here for you to look over and uh, we'll be back later. And they leave. And we cut to the Black Top Hat restaurant, which is shaped like a black top hat. It is my favorite. It is literally just a top hat with with like uh, a red carpet coming out of it with an awning. That's it. It's just a top hat. That's all. Scooby is wearing like this Hugh Hefner style smoking jacket. God. With the uh, the ascot tucked into it. And Shaggy gives him a beret and sunglasses. Uh, and he's like, another thing you need to do to get big in showbiz. You gotta rub elbows, you gotta make connections. And Scooby rubs his elbows together, confused. It's a turn of phrase, Scoob. Um, and it's they go. he goes inside. Shaggy doesn't, only Scoob. And inside, it's like all just a bunch of famous, sorry, non-famous rich people, it seems like. Just a bunch of people who are rich but aren't famous doing it. Maybe a couple of directors or something. Mm-hmm. They might be producers, who knows. Yeah. Um, I There was a single person who talked about a script and that was really it. Mm-hmm. Scooby goes to get some punch, drops the cup in, goes to pull it out, drops the ladle in, goes to pull that out. He's basically washing his hands in the punch. <laughs> And a woman is uh, right there and is like, and and Scooby just kind of grins sheepishly. He pulls his cup out of the punch and is like, would you like some punch? (laughs) And then he turns all of the food that they have into a sandwich and then gets sort of sternly looked at as he walks away slowly and puts his jacket and hat on a statue before he leaves. Yep. CJ sees that Scooby got banned from the restaurant in the newspaper, and he's like, "All right, we need to get him back on his show because this is mm-hmm. not this is not good." Cut back over to Shaggy and Scooby, who have headed to a fancy motel pool that is apparently being visited by a bunch of big name producers. Mm-hmm. Scooby dives off the diving board and makes a splash, and Shaggy's like, "Maybe take it easy." Scooby's like, "Okay," and then is back on the diving board and does the exact same thing. Only this time he swam dives way up in the air and lands in a folding chair and gets stuck. Yep. Um, the gang sees this this incident in the headlines and he's like, man, he keeps messing up. Remember back when we first got him? <laughs> it's just like a flashback right now. Yeah. They apparently first met a talking pup named Scooby-Doo at Grillo's Pet Shop. Yeah. And my least favorite part of this film right here is when Shaggy is reluctant to get Scooby-Doo. Yep. It's very strange. It's like Velma is the one to choose Scooby. Because Shaggy's like, oh, I I want a dog with, uh, I don't know. With character. And Scooby's like, character? And tries, like, acting characteristic. And Shaggy doesn't notice or care, apparently. But Velma does, and is like, hey, what about that dog? Uh, maybe too much character. Yeah, it's like, what? What? It's very strange. It's like uh, an origin story for Shaggy, who loves his dog. Yeah, it's very strange. I hate everything they did to Shaggy in this film. Yeah. Anyway, let's uh pin that to the board. We'll get to that in a moment. Um, For the record... Scooby looks like Odie in this sequence, and it's baffling. 
It's a little bit like Odie. It's a little bit of an Odie. Yeah. It's it's that knobby, tall-legged, but still a puppy look. The neck's, like, too long to what yeah. it should be. Yeah. Then we see Scooby's first birthday party. And <laughs> it's a picnic table, and there's Scooby, and the gang, and, like, a couple other dogs. And there's eight cakes on the table, just sort of evenly spaced out. And Shaggy's bringing out another one that's bigger, and it has a candle on top. Scooby blows out the candle, makes a wish, eats the cake, inhales the cake. Inhales the cake. And Shaggy asks, what did you wish for? I wished for more cake. And then he hits the table and eats all of the other cakes. Yeah. Yeah. This is a kind of funny moment to me. This dog ate eight cakes. That's as many. (laughs) Sorry. Scooby ate 40 cakes. That's as many as four tens. And that's awful. (laughs) Um, the gang starts singing a, sca- a sad version of one of the theme songs. Um, was it the? Sc- no, I don't think it was the Scooby Doo show because I think the Scooby Doo show is the one that we use. I think it's the other one that I thought about using. Hmm. I don't remember. I don't remember what series it's from though. But they're singing a sad version of that, with a few of the words changed, and they're showing a bunch of montage episode clips. Hmm. And after that ends, we cut over to Shaggy and Scooby, and Scooby starts daydreaming, or like. Shaggy tells Scooby to start dream- daydreaming about a couple of movie premieres. Yeah. And one of them is Scooper- Super Scooby. Which is Superman. Yeah, it's Superman. It's a bird. It's, it's a dog. It's a plane. No, no, it's a dog. Yeah. They, they make fun of the Clark Kent disguise being ridiculous because Scooby just puts on a single pair of glasses. He's still wearing his costume. And it's still, like, crazy buff. It's... And and then he runs... He flies out the window to go save Lucy Lane. Mm-hmm. And then goes to stop a missile and the missile explodes on him. Mm-hmm. And then he runs outside of his daydream to change the name of the film from Super Scooby to The Sound of Scooby. And if you thought that last one was short, this one's going to be even shorter. Yeah, it's Scooby wearing the pink dress, spinning around in a field, saying the hills are alive with the sound of, and then he falls off a cliff. Yep, that's it. That's it, and then he's done dreaming. Um, even in his dreams, Scooby-Doo is a screw-up. Mm-hmm. Um, Shaggy goes to call CJ, I, I think, about something. Meanwhile, Scooby looks over, sees some wet cement, and goes to leave some paw prints, and then gets stuck. Yeah. So... Shaggy's conversation happens with with CJ, and I don't remember what it was at all. The gist of it is, he's like, oh, he's where? Oh, and they're doing what? Oh, okay, okay. Oh, yeah. And then he comes back and he's laughing. He's like, you'll never believe this, Scuba. (laughs) He's at dog auditions for finding a dog to replace you on the Scooby-Doo show. (laughs) And Scooby's like, huh? Uh, Still still, uh, got... got his paws stuck in the cement and then it cuts to shaggy driving the mystery machine and he's still laughing about the dog additions and something about them going to go see and it it does a pan over and the cement he's he's pulling a trailer with scooby on it and his feet are stuck in the dried cement like they cut him out it didn't free him, but they're they're just driving on the trailer. 
Don't worry, he'll be out of it when we transfer to the next scene, which is them in the car getting ready to go watch the dog auditions. Yeah. Yeah. So, th- yeah, they go in there and they just, they make fun of all of the tryouts. Mm-hmm. Including um, a Scotty dog who does it in, you know, well, all of the dogs, you know, everyone has an accent, but these people, ha- these dogs have pronounced accents mm-hmm. um, for comedy reasons, quote unquote, including the, uh, the Jabberjaw Scrappy-Doo hybrid one. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, uh, you know, uh, show me this uh, crabby creep of the creepy crag and I'm gonna, I'll give him a one-two and a, you know, a one and a one and two. So I read something on the Wikipedia page, I think it was, or maybe it was the Scooby-Doo wiki, that it was uh, a weird thing is that Scrappy-Doo wasn't in this movie because he had just been introduced, like, two months before or whatever, like, for some, whatever, something like that. And imagine if it had been Scrappy-Doo in this auditions. I would have thrown my computer out the dang window. <laughs> that would have been amazing! Uh, they're making they're making fun of one of the dog's performances. Um, oh. the, the dog that just went is like the snaggle puss sound like you know the uh mm-hmm. the exit uh stage left even <laughs> cj hires him and they're like wait a minute on, what? on the spot and then shaggy and scooby are like what and i gotta say i really hope that this was a hey uh we're doing auditions and but it's not gonna be real i hope that all of these dogs were in on it because it's so cruel. No, I bet what would have happened is they would have given um, that dog at least a minor role in an episode. Yeah, that that's a good that's a good idea. Because they may not have said what the uh, the part was for. Mm. They may have just said dog auditions for Scooby Doo, and people make assumptions because right, it's Scooby Doo. That's a very good point. I like Shaggy and Scooby making assumptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of those assumptions. They uh, cut to the office and they're like, oh man, it's great to see that you're taking us serious because we heard you, we heard you hired a new dog. That's great. Yep. Uh, check out some of these pilots to show that we're still serious also. Um, starting with Scooby and Sherry. It starts with a magic show. It goes the way, it goes wrong the way you'd expect a magic show to go wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, all the stuff falls out of his sleeves and hat and the assistant is chased through the other side of the disappearing box. Ruining all of the illusion. Mm-hmm. And then Sherry sings a love song. Or sorry, a love disco to Scooby. Yeah, it's a, it's a disco song. Scooby's wearing some very high pants. Answering the question of how a dog would wear pants. The answer is like a human would and they have to stand upright. <laughs> it's like this entire song is about how this woman wants to love Scooby-Doo. Just let me love you, Scooby. Yep. And then this it ends with Scooby being thrown into a ba- into the band playing the music, and while it was a disco song, it's still like an entire string quartet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we see their other one, the Love Ship. Um, if, if it's not obvious by now that all of these are clearly parodies of other popular things at the time. Yeah. Uh, the Love Ship clearly being the love boat. Scooby's driving a yacht, which is tied up to a dock like a regular boat would be. Mm-hmm. And he start they start driving away. 
but they didn't untie from the dock, and the dock is being pulled to sea with them. Yep. And then it cuts. It's it's done. That's the pilot. While they're doing that, CJ's think tank. There's a group of like six white dudes that all are just repeating everything everybody's saying. So, you know, six white dudes. <laughs> uh, yes, they come in and they're, they're telling CJ that they have an idea. We, we found a solution to our problem. Yeah. And it's, they do a clear joke or it's like Shaggy's like, problem? What kind of problems should, would a network head have? And she's like, all right, that's a great plan. Hey, Scooby, seeing how you're serious about this, why don't you announce your departure from your television show on the Jackie Carlson show? The, the Johnny Carson show. Um, you know, the, one of yeah. the biggest shows in late night. Yep. And he does! He announces it! Yeah, he goes on there. And Jackie's like, so are the, what are the, about these rumors that you're going to be leaving your Saturday morning cartoon? Are those true? And Scooby's like, absolutely. Uh, and it's kids around the world cry out, Scooby-Doo, where are you? Uh, we get one last pilot. Scooby's Angels. Yep. Uh, yep. Three girls are about to move in on a poorly disguised criminal hideout. Uh, but they're like, we can't do anything without Scooby. And then Scooby skydives in without a parachute. No, 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 no. He has a parachute. He just doesn't pull the string in time. He pulls it after he's landed in, what was it, a barrel? Yeah, a barrel full of water. Yeah. But Scooby interrupts the airing of his own pilot with a stop the cameras for no discernible reason whatsoever. Yeah, it's like there's a moment where I'm like, oh, maybe Scooby doesn't like it anymore. And I'm like, no, there's no explanation on why he's yelling stop the cameras. The only reason is that way CJ can be like, I agree. Stop the cameras, please. I agree. Please stop them. Yeah, it's not like a uh, Scooby is like, I hear something or anything like that. He just stop the cameras and it's yelling stop the cameras yeah he's he's upset about something but nothing is there for them to be upset about yep cj's like look just go back to your show you're already big stars and then he leads them outside and there's a big crowd outside going scooby-doo we need you they're not yep. chanting in a way that makes sense they're offbeat slightly but they're consistently offbeat and it's weird and i hate it it's not necessarily that they're consistently offbeat. It is the exact same recording over and over again in a loop. And everything to do with it bothers me. I think there might have been two of them. Well, Scooby-Doo, we need you. Scooby-Doo, we need you. I, it felt like it was the exact same thing to me. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. It's, it's repeating too fast and is offbeat the entire time. And it repeats for too long. Yeah, and it's very loud. Yeah, there's kids in... Hot air balloons, there's kids riding bicycles, there's kids piling on top of other kids. Mm -hmm. Scooby's like, alright, fine, I'll go back to my show. And CJ says the line that I think is amazing. He just goes, America is crying today. Oh, jeez. It ends with Shaggy dropping off his pilots. He's like, um, check out some of my pilots, CJ. I got, uh, we got Mork and Shaggy. We got, uh, Welcome Back Shaggy. Uh, what about Shaggy and Hutch? He gets wrapped up in his film role and thrown out the window and he's chasing the mystery machine as it drives off into the sunset with a Scooby-Doo! Not even a Scooby-Dooby-Doo. I'm mad. I'm about to throw something. 
Yeah, it's it's not a good movie. It can be an enjoyable movie, enjoyable movie if you have no idea about any of the characters. Yeah. Here is my final statement about this film. It is less bad than I remembered, but it should have been literally any other Hanna-Barbera com- like franchise. Yeah. It would have yeah. worked here. Clear, obvious favorite for it would be the Flintstones. Flintstones, yeah. You have Barney play the part of Scooby, um, the naive, just sort of following orders and yeah, okay, being a big star sounds good to me. And you have Fred, who's kind of a sleazeball and is constantly putting ideas and spe- putting words in Barney's mouth. Mm-hmm. It's like the characterization of Sk- Shaggy is not Shaggy. He went through quite a bit of character assassination in this movie. It's like they destroyed who he was in order to make it fit their idea of, oh, hey, uh scooby goes to hollywood oh and it's it's weird it's weird that they made that decision for their first movie yeah it's it's doubly weird because they make the they make the decision to make it not a mystery at all mm-hmm. and just something that has basically nothing to do with scooby-doo as a franchise mm-hmm. all that's the same is the characters and scooby eats some food at one point yeah it it's it can be a fun movie. It has a lot of really good moments, I think. It's it the overall concept falls apart. Oh, it it's a very slice of life almost kind of uh movie where there's no plot that means anything. Everything goes back to normal. It is a TV episode that is just longer. About a TV show. It, honestly, it's not even that much longer. It's like two episodes. Yeah. It it could literally air as a two-episode special. I think that's how it aired the first time, and then it came to DVD later. Yeah. Well, it was on VHS. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, VHS, because that was... Like when it would have been released, it would have been... <laughs> yeah. Direct-to-DVD and home video. Yeah. <laughs> um... It's definitely third on this list right now. Yeah, absolutely. We'll just go ahead and do that part now. Where does this fit? Is it better than Master of the Blue Falcon? No, it's not. Um, It's not terrible. It has potential, but it wastes all of it. This is... I'm thinking about it. We could live in a situation right now where Daphne and Thelma fills the same kind of role of had potential but failed. Mm. Luckily, it's good. Ah. Gotcha. So yeah, now we're done with it. We don't have to watch it ever again. For now. For now. What else? What else do we do at the end of these things? I don't know. It's uh, been like a month. We're going to have to say that every time. It's been a month every time. Yeah. Uh, you can find the show on Twitter at Kids and Their Dog. You can send us any questions you might have, or if you want to be a guest on the show, let us know either through there or through our email at and their dumb dog at gmail.com. Uh, you can also send questions there if you'd like, or if you have any comments or jokes or anything, really, honestly. Dude. Mm-hmm. Audience participation's cool. We also have a website, which is kidsandtheirdog at wordpress.com. And, sorry, kidsandtheirdog.wordpress.com. Not, not at dot. That's how <laughs> websites work. <laughs> really, all it is right now is a place for us to put our podcast for it to end up on the feed 
but I will, and this is a guarantee, there will be at least one bonus episode that's only going to be up on the website because it's not going to be edited as thoroughly and therefore it won't it won't be clean. It won't be family friendly. It'll definitely be explicit. Mm. Because I know what we're going to be watching and there's no way I'm not going to curse on it. Oh no. So look forward to that. You can find me personally on Twitter at MadLobotanist. That's M-A-D-L-O-B-O-T-A-N-I-S-T. And you can find me at, twi- at Twitter at LavaBees. It's L-A-V-A-B-E-E-S. Uh, next month, we will be joined by our very first guest. And I'll leave that part a surprise. Um, but I will reveal that we will be skipping the order already. Now that we've gotten one episode into the order, we're going to break the chain by skipping ahead to Witch's Ghost. Mm-hmm. So, see you then. And until next time, they would have gotten away with it too. If it weren't for us meddling kids. be